everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast, hosted by HashtagBasketball.com. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and joining me for this quick hitter is the man, the myth, the legend, Tyler P. Watts. What's up, Tyler? I heard you were going to Milwaukee. I I would go to Milwaukee. Seems like a nice place. Um, Milwaukee is a nice place. It's it's a, I think it's a little bit of an underrated city. I just found it funny that everyone was saying, oh, you know, the Bucks don't have enough to trade for a star. The Bucks don't have enough to trade for a star. And I'm like, but don't they have three really good players plus Giannis? Like, if you are willing to give up one of those very good players, you could probably get someone really good. Well, also, Portland is rebuilding, right? So they were going to want unprotected draft picks and money off the board. And Portland got both of those things. Yeah, and I mean, I think the Aiton thing helped them, right? Like, Aiton is a nice young player that has a lot of potential, whether we've seen it or not. We have seen it, right? He helped the Suns make the finals. I think people forget about that sometimes. Um, so yeah, I think that, like, adding them in as the third team definitely helped, and the Suns, for some reason, wanted Nurkic and Grayson Allen. I guess they just really wanted the depth. Which I can't blame them. Their roster was too shallow to begin with. We've talked about that. And honestly, before this trade, like the Suns were a team where I was going like, this was m- probably going to be my team this year where we talked about this last year with the Pelicans, right? Everyone thinks they're going to be good, and I didn't think they were going to be near as good as they were. Now that they've got some depth pieces, that conversation might change. Yeah, I think it definitely changed. And, I mean, talk about a quick hitter. We're already into it. If you have no idea what we're talking about, Dame Lillard is going to Milwaukee. And the Portland Trailblazers are getting Drew Holiday, DeAndre Ayton from the Suns, a, a 2019 unprotected draft pick, a couple draft swaps is what I read. They got a um, pick from three years ago? Yeah. 2029. 2019. Oh, yeah, they also are going to go back in time in a time machine and get Luka Doncic. I don't know what draft that was. Um, and this, like you're saying, the Suns are getting Nurkic... Grayson Allen, Azir Little, Keon Johnson. Um, a great trade for everyone except for the Suns? Uh, I don't know. I think you think this is a, the, the type of trade we see in fantasy that we say, like, you don't always have to win the trade to win the trade. What did the Suns need more than anything? Someone who Someone can... Someone on their bench who can play minutes. Yeah, that can play quality rotation minutes. Like, Grayson Allen's going to be a quality rotation guy, right? Like, Nurkic is probably going to start, but when he's healthy, he's pretty solid, right? Nasir Little's probably going to give them some minutes. Heck, Keon Johnson might even be a part of the rotation. Like, the Suns needed guys who could play, and they got a couple. And did they trade away the best player that, you know, Aiton is definitely better than Nurkic. He's better than anyone that they got. But at the same time, they got some pieces, right? They traded... A dollar for three quarters, maybe. But those three quarters are kind of what they needed because they have plenty of stars. And Aiton, we talked about this just the other day, right? Aiton, as the fourth option on that team, was not going to work because Aiton wasn't going to be happy with it. No, and Aiton was not happy in that situation. And I think that's the first person I want to talk about because I think, um, and rightfully so, Aiton's probably the biggest fantasy winner in this particular um I guess in this particular case, I don't think it's as big as a lot of people are kind of making it out to be already, where they're like, oh, here it is. Uh, DeAndre Ayton's the number one best player on Portland, and now the number one scorer, the number one go-to guy. And 
I'm thinking to myself, hold on, does does everyone forget who's on the Portland Trailblazers still, right? It's, uh, you still have, well, Drew Holiday is going to be there, allegedly, but it sounds like he is going to be eventually traded elsewhere. But Jeremy Grant scores 20 a game. Anthony uh, Simons can score 20 a game. Scoot Henderson can score 20 a game. Shaden Sharp, if left to his own devices, could probably score 20 a game. I think this gives more um, of a focal point in the offense to DeAndre Ayton than he would get in the Suns when you're talking not about Shaden Sharp, you're talking about Kevin Durant and Bradley Beal. But DeAndre Ayton's kind of in a similar offensive situation where there's a bunch of really good offensive players around him and he is a complimentary 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 piece the question is though is he going to be happy with instead of you know the 12 or the 13 or 12 shots you know he's gotten the last couple years is he going to be happy getting 15 or 16 right because he's talked about wanting a larger offensive role and if he gets it even if it's small does that unlock his play you know bring the defense back bring back the shot blocks bring the rebounds back up to 11 like those are things that i think could potentially happen because Jeremy Grant has scored 20 points a game a bunch, but, like, would you say, like, he's a guy who's going to, like, be dominating the ball like uh, Kevin Durant or Devin Booker? Like, I, I don't really think so. And Anthony Simons is kind of the same way, right? And, like, Scoot Henderson's a, a point guard, right? Like, he's going to be willing to get Aiton in his spots and give the ball up. So I think this is good for Aiton in that sense that, like, his happiness is really the key to his fantasy value taking a step. Like, are you going to be locked in and playing hard on both ends, or are you going to be pouting because you didn't get the ball? Or are you going to be pouting because you went to a rebuilding team? Uh, he is 25, and for rebuilding teams, right, there's some really nice talent in uh, in Portland, so maybe he won't be that upset. But um, I, I think he will see an uptick, like you're saying, in shots, which will help getting more offensive touches. But like he's not like a, like a one-on-one creator, you know what I mean? Like It's not like he's doing a lot of the basket like bruising and getting his shots he's not he is good offensively but he's not like a great offensive talent where you kind of like need to feed him the ball he is a good mid-range shooter and he is good around the rim like that's it so does he need more than 16 shots a game right um i don't know but i'm sure three or four more shots a game uh is going to like consistently three or four more shots a game is going to at least uh, make him a little bit more active, which like you're saying reflects his rebounds, his highest rebound total per game that I'm uh, seeing here is, uh, is 11 and a half. He's averaged 1.5 blocks a game. If we can get 11 and 1.2 blocks a game, right. Uh, with let's just say 18, eight, uh, 18 and a half points. That's a pretty solid uh, like set, like traditional center. And we talked about this in a, in a previous episode. I have DeAndre Aiden in my plateau region. Tyler, does this get DeAndre Aiden out of that plateau region, or does it just make him a more desirable uh, player who's still under the Jalen Brown line? <sighs> what, what, I mean, what are the blocks? That's, that's really what it's going to come down to, right? He's probably a top 40 player if he's going to block 1.2 shots a game. If he's going to block 0.8, he's probably below that top 40. He's 
I, I completely agree. And and that is just simply because of statistic uh, statistic scarcity. Wow, I'm pulling all sorts of words out of my mouth uh, in this episode, Tyler. Um, that's statistic scarcity of blocks, the incredibly low turnovers, which you have to care about, the very good free throws, which you have to care about for your from your center, and the excellent field goal from your center, which also you have to care about. So if you care about all the stats across the board, yes, I, I do think he can get above that Jalen Brown um, line, but it's going to be barely, and it's going to be by the skin of his teeth, and it's going to be because he's got those, you know, categories that people usually ignore on lock for his position. It's still going to be under two assists. It's still going to be under a steal a game. It's still going to be zero threes. He's still a traditional center, and that is there is a there's a cap to how good you can be in fantasy if you aren't getting any assists and you're not getting any threes. Yeah, and I think we've talked about this a lot recently, right? Like, just there's there's a ceiling there, but at the same time, like, what's what's Aiton going to be going to? Right, and that's the question I don't really know the answer to. Like, where does this trade bump Aiton as far as, like, rankings and projections go? You know what I mean? Because, like, if he starts going in the third round, like, I don't want any Aiton stock. No, not at all. But if he's going at... If he stays at 54, like, I'm, I'm okay with that. I might even have him in a couple leagues. Yeah, I think he, right now, like you're saying, his ADP is around 54. That seemed fair, maybe a little high on, on the high side, but a fair um, place to draft him. Now that he's on a team where he's going to play a little bit bigger of a role, that seems like a good place to draft him. But is all of the hype around this trade, like you're saying, going to get people to narrow their view right inside uh, to DeAndre Aiden? Probably. So I think a lot of people just watch out for that ADP. I think he's now a value at 54 instead of a um, kind of an even um, no no value, but like not also not a bad pick at 54. Uh, now I kind of like him at 54, like you're saying. Dame, we've talked about him in the past. We've actually been talking about Dame for a while. We didn't know where he was going. We thought he was going to Miami. We had no idea. Dame is going to do Dame stuff. Why? No one should have been worried about Dame. No one should have been worried about... Uh, all, all you need to be worried about is going to play or not. It seemed like he was going to play no matter what, wherever he was. Are you concerned about any of the other Bucks with Dame on Milwaukee? Uh, no, I think the Bucks finally got their their guy to go to in the clutch, right? Which is what they've needed for a while. And even when they won the championship, right? Like Middleton did it, but I mean, Dame. Who are you gonna go for in the clutch, Dame or Middleton? Like you're gonna go to Dame. And so I think that makes you know kind of everybody uh, a little bit more dynamic. Um, I guess the two people you could be worried about would be, I mean, like Giannis is gonna eat too. Yeah, it's Giannis. So the two guys you could be worried about would be you know Middleton and and uh, Lopez. Middleton, like, he's going so low. Like, I still think he's going to be a great value. Yeah, Give me current, a fantastic uh, ADP value. ADP 84, that was great already. Even if he takes uh, a couple less shots and handles the ball a little bit less, he's still, on, I would say, on track to being someone who can live in that, you know, 50 to 60 range. He's going at 84. If people think he's going to be worse off, with Dame there, and he starts dropping down past 84, like, that's fantastic. Yeah, and then Lopez, like, 
doesn't need to score a ton to have a lot of value because he's going to block shots and he's going to you know, do his Lopez, you know, good percentages. So I'm not super worried about him either, really. Like, he's going at 60. That might be a bit too high, but it also might be fine. Like, he's not going to score a ton. There's not going to be assists. There's not going to be steals, but there's going to be good percentages. You're going to get, like, one and a half threes from your center, and you're going to get two blocks. But, like, I, I always say... You gotta look at like weird, weird positional players like Lopez as not a center. Like if you looked at, uh, if you were looking at forwards and you saw a forward who got like one and a half three pointers, fourteen points, six rebounds, and two blocks, you'd be like, "That's kind of a cool forward." Like that's a lot of blocks for my forward. That's awesome. From your center, you don't want six rebounds, and um, yeah, but the but obviously the threes are nice for a center as well. So um, I don't know why Dame would affect. Brooke Lopez in any way because Brooke Lopez plays a very specific role on the team. If anything, Brooke Lopez is a little bit more open running the pick and roll with Dame Lillard, uh, or he's doing more defensive stops because Dame Lillard is not the defensive guard that Drew Holiday definitely is. So, like, worst case scenario, Brooke Lopez is kind of like what we thought Brooke Lopez was going to be. And best case scenario is that he's maybe even a little bit, I'm going to say he might be a little bit better. I just think we're not getting the 15, you know, the almost 16 points he got last year, right? That's going to be back down to, like, that 12 range again. Which is fine. I mean, like, it's not it's not going to kill you, but, I mean, obviously it's four points a game. Like, that's a lot. Yes. Um, it's significant. Uh, does this make Malik Beasley or Pat Connington uh, um, standard league players? I mean, you want to take a flyer in your last spot? Okay, but, like, I think we know what those guys are. And, like... What's Beasley been at his best, right? A scorer. Don't they have three pretty elite scorers? Like, where's where's Beasley going to eat at? Yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't think... Yeah, I don't know why he they would need his offense coming off the bench when they have Dame Lillard. Yeah, and, like, Connaughton, like, I mean, what's his best category? He's probably going to get you some threes and not a lot else. Like, those two guys are probably... Yeah, he's just kind of an average across-the-board player, maybe like a spot starter kind of player. But uh, at least he'll be a consistent spot starter kind of player. Same with Grayson Allen. He's a spot starter kind of player. I don't see, like, even with a maybe a bigger role in Phoenix, don't see that blowing up. I, I do like Nurkic a little bit better than I, I, I did in Phoenix, but, like, I don't know. He's still Nurkic. He's still got injury problems. He's still going to be hanging out on a team with uh, elite scorers, right? So, like... I would say this does raise Nurkic's value, maybe a little bit, but like I'm draft Nurkic. Well, yeah. The question is like, what? How much is he gonna play? And I don't think we we can answer that, right? Like, if Nurkic plays seventy games, I'm pretty interested. If he plays thirty, I'm I'm really not. And so, I mean, you gotta just decide if you're gonna take that risk or not. And in most cases, I'm probably not. Do you want to draft Scoot Henderson more than you did in the past? Well, I was drafting Scoot Henderson the whole time, but we already talked about that. So That's very true. He's currently at ADP 99. I, I definitely think that goes up, and it should. Yeah, he's good. He's going to be good. He is going to be good. I like Scoot a lot. I think that's it for the Dame trade. Uh, I'm sure there's going to be... I think we said it's going to be an interesting year. It's already starting out. Uh, very, very interesting. If you have any questions, comments, things you want us to talk about, hit us up on Twitter. You can find me at Watch the Boxes. Tyler, where can people find you on Twitter? They can find me at Tyler P. Watts. 
and i think that's it we will see you next time